Hello, good day everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with my co-host and a special first-time guest. Hey everybody, it's Ryan. Uh, I'm the Cardboard Samurai out of the Tokyo area of Japan, and today we have the special guest, like you said, uh, recommended by our good friend uh, Dreams of Ashiok. Um, Do you mind uh, introducing yourself and maybe telling us a little bit about uh, your MTG history and how you got uh, started in Pioneer? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so my name is Andrew. Uh, I'm a metric player from Edmonton, uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, I started playing around Magic Origins. Uh, I started playing Pioneer mainly over the pandemic, really, online. I started playing Inverter. I bought that deck and just Grinded that out, uh, Infinite. <laughs> yeah, I played a lot of Inverter. Uh, I know a lot of people really disliked that deck, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, okay. it's a good time to be in Magic, yeah. I think. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, but now, now, now you're playing a different deck, and that's how we got you on. Do you want to set it up, Kevin? Oh uh, no, go right ahead. Yeah. So, you, um, you know, you know, Kevin and I were talking. You know, we we like to we like to do the uh, Pioneer One Hundred One series where we kind of have a guest come on and talk about a deck that they're uh, very familiar with and kind of help people that aren't familiar with the deck to kind of learn not only how to play but also how to play against it. And uh, you know, uh, like we said, Ashiak recommended uh, Andrew as a uh, Neoform Atraxa player. So, do you mind starting us off, Andrew, by maybe just telling us what is the Neoform Atraxa archetype? How does it win? Yeah, so this is this is really an almost all-in Atraxa deck. Uh, very powerful, right? Just 7-7, seven, seven, draw a bunch of cards. Um, you're putting it into play using Neoform and a Delve creature. You can do this as early as turn 3 uh, with the right hand. Uh, you use some early interaction to kind of stay alive. You set up your graveyard using some cantrips and graveyard filling spells. Uh, you use Hooting Mandrels or Tassiger, delve away those cards in your graveyard, and then that is a 6 DMC creature you can Neoform into an Atraxa, and then you draw a whole bunch of protection spells and interaction to mm-hmm. help get that Atraxa across the finish line as quickly as possible. Okay. Yeah. So let's go into, I mean, uh, moving on to the next point here, let's go into some of those uh, those cards. Uh, what are the core cards of this stack? And, of course, attracts is the number one card here. Um, but, you know, what are the other core cards? What what must you have if you're going to be playing Neoform Atraxa? Um, and why do you play these cards? Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, Atraxa, this is the payoff. Uh, without it, there's not really a deck to be had. Uh, Neoform is kind of the next piece. If there's no Neoform, there's no way to put a Trax in play. They go really hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah, so ne- Neoform, um, can you just uh, maybe let people know what that is just before we go oh, yeah. into the next card? Yeah, for sure. Neoform, Neoform is definitely a weird one. Uh, it's a blue and a green, uh, and you sacrifice a creature. You then uh, search your library for a creature with converted mana cost equal to 1 plus the sacrifice creature's mana cost. And then... You put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature you get as well. Yeah, so we're trying to get into Atraxas, your, your main Mio form target here. So what are these six drop creatures that we're trying to get out into in order to do that? And how are we getting them into play earlier? Because we don't really want to pay six mana and Neo form to, you know, that's not really a disc. No, if you're if you're playing a six drop on, you know, as early as maybe turn five with an elf or turn six fairly, you can just play your Atraxa 
and it's not really cheating. Uh, the delve mechanic is what really allows this deck to be unfair. Uh, so you can exile cards from your graveyard to pay for Hooting Mandrels and Tasker of the Golden Fang uh, early in the game and get a 600 mana cost creature by paying often as little as one mana. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just super happy to see Tasker finally getting some play. Tasker, Tasker is so good. I love Tasker. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, any other core cards we have? So we got the Mandrills, we got the Neoform, we got the Traxa. What other things must you have? Yeah, so those are kind of the, the combo cards, I would say. Um, and that is that kind of makes the deck... That is the flashy part of the deck. Uh, equally important mm -hmm. are the interactive spells that you play early. Um, so Thoughtseize, Fatal Push are the first two I'll mention. Uh, we see these in red-black mid-range, and they they really hold up not just that archetype, but other archetypes as well. We've seen a little bit of rogues playing these cards recently. Mm -hmm. um, Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, just really efficient one-man interac interaction. You can... Right, they kind of split the difference against every archetype in the format. Against aggressive decks, your Fatal Pushes are really good. Against the control decks, slower decks, your Thoughtseizes are really good. So you have something for everyone. Uh, and then Stubborn Denial is the next one. It is kind of, it's more niche. It only really fits into this Atraxa deck. Uh, Atra Stubborn Denial is a force spike for non-creature spells, unless you control a creature with power four or greater. So Atraxa mm. satisfies that condition. Hooting Mandrel satisfies that condition, as does Hassiger. Uh And then if you satisfy that condition, you have a creature with power four or greater. It is just negate for one mana. That's pretty nasty. Yeah, so pretty common play pattern is you neoform one of your Hooting Mandrels or Tassiger into an Atraxa, and then off the Atraxa trigger, you get to look at 10 cards. You're pretty likely to find either a Thoughtseize or a Stubborn Denial, sometimes both. And then you can you often have one mana left over that you can use to Thoughtseize your opponent, take an answer to the Atraxa, or Stubborn Denial, their answer to the Atraxa, and then you're left with a big 8-8 Flying Vigilance Death Touch Lifeline creature that will win the game pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, and that's something I really like about Atraxa, is that there are very few answers in the format that just kill her outright, I feel like, and that's kind of what you're taxing there, is you're saying, okay, maybe you've got one Dreadbore in your red-black deck, or maybe you've got two in the whole list, but how likely are you to have both them in your hand right in time to have it for the uh, to answer Atraxa, you know? Power word kill doesn't hit her because she's an angel. You know, fatal push obviously doesn't hit her because she's too much mana. Uh, most of the red removal is too small to hit her, so there's not a lot that just gets rid of her right away. Yeah, there's very very little. Uh, even cards like attracts even dodges cards like the Wandering Emperor. Uh, like mm -hmm. Wandering Emperor exiles a, a tapped creature, but attracts has vigilance, and so it just incidentally dodges that as well. It's really really annoying. Yeah, really tough. I would say black. Maybe black red is the only deck that can maybe have um how can i say uh removal that you can use uh, how can i say it has access to the removal that can actually deal with with a track so every other deck i think just is really struggling right now to get rid of her because there's like so many other aggro decks that people are worrying about i would say so this just goes over everything yeah for sure uh red black one of the kind of strange parts, I guess I'll touch on it now with Atraxa, is uh, the red-black matchups very were very weird. 
where Red Black was playing as many as four power word kills as their removal spell, which doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't hit a Traxa. Um, but some lists are starting to move towards Dreadbore and go for the throat, which do hit a Traxa. Uh, so I'm I would s- suspect we'll see a shift away from Atraxa, and then Red Black will probably start playing more power word kills again as Atraxa mm-hmm. gets less popular, and that gives Atraxa a window to come back, and we'll we'll probably yeah. see a cycle of how good this deck is. Um, be- Which is always fun to see when a format can do yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's really, really neat. It's really, like, you need to kind of pick your weekend to play it, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, before we get into more of those matchups, mm-hmm. though, let us uh, let me ask you one more um question about the uh, the deck list uh what other cards are there any flex spots in in you know this deck like then you know you can play something else here and like what what are these alternatives and why would you play them yeah so there's there's kind of this last category of cards i haven't really mentioned and these are these are setup cards um so just playing Thoughtseize fatal push summoner Nile early in the game isn't enough to delve your creature your delve creatures early uh, so we play we play cards that fill the graveyard really efficiently. Um, cards like Consider, uh, Founding the Third Path, Strategic Planning, uh, Grizzly Salvage has been catching on lately, and Otherworldly Gaze as well. Uh, you often don't play all of those, but you kind of pick from among them. Uh, the the okay. best, in my opinion, is definitely Founding the Third Path. Um, it gives you some redundancy on your Neoforms. You can... It's, acts a little bit like Snapcaster Mage, where it can bring back a Neoform that's been discredited or countered, or you milled over earlier. But you, you do need some of these effects to to get mm. your Delve creatures going early. Okay. So those are your setup cards, but um, are there any other cards you, you could play? Have you ever considered other cards in this deck? Other than yeah, that's usually where I jump in as I'm, as I'm kind of like, yeah. so you'll, but let me go through some of the different categories right. is, you know, just starting out with the Delve creatures, um, why specifically just Hooting Mandrills or Tassiger? Uh, there are two other six mana Delve creatures. There's like the Sultai Scavenger and there's Soul Flayer, Soul Flayer which is a little bit of another conversation, but I do think it's worth kind of going into that, like, hey, what what's going on with... Uh, with Soul Flayer, because I think that people may have seen that show up in the list and maybe wondering what that's mm. about. Soul Flayer, Soul Flayer is kind of pushes you in a different direction that I haven't really explored a ton. Um, I think it it definitely gives you a different angle, uh, like a different threat to play. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. it it is worse with your main game plan because it is it is double black, so you always have to spend two men on it. Uh, whereas Tasker or Hooting Mandrills cost only one. Uh, as for Sultai Scavengers, uh, only being three power is actually a big deal because of Stubborn Denial. So that is that is why I think Hooting Mandrills and Tasker kind of get the nod in these lists. Uh, okay. Soul, Soul Flare, I, I will say, like, Soul Flare is kind of a sub-archetype, I guess, of this deck. Um, and when you play Soul Flare, you play... You play the whole deck a little differently. Okay. Um, so mo- mostly just it's Hooting Mandrills, Tassigur, just the best bodies on rate, so those are usually why yeah, we're playing. Yeah, they're, they're the biggest. They This deck okay. does have a backup plan of just, you know, play play a 4-4, play a 4-5. Uh, Gigantha is included in these lists as well. You can, 
you can just like curve, you know, Tasker, Hooting Mandrills, Gigantha, and you have like a bunch of power in play and you start attacking, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that, that gets there. So sometimes. I want to ask about, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I do want to ask about, so how all-in is this deck? So, you know, I, I'm more familiar with, there was a Neoform deck before that was running uh, Velomachus something or other, whatever his full, Lorehold Velomachus, hmm. I think is the full name. Um, and that one would also be a combo deck, but it had to play a lot of, you know, extra turn spells and things that were very specific to making the deck work, whereas this just gets to put a tracks in play and kind of win off of that big 8-8. Uh, do you feel like this is still kind of like an all-in combo deck, or does this get to play like that long mid-range plan? Um... So I'd say, like, 80% of the time you are all in on finding Neoform. Uh, maybe even maybe even more okay. than that. Maybe even 90%. Um, these numbers are, like, kind of made up and they fluctuate, match up, whatever. Um, you are, you are most of the time, you are all in. And if you don't find a Neoform, you're in trouble. Uh, but I would say, the compared okay. to the Velomachus deck, that deck was nearly 100% all in. That makes sense. So, so what are the things that kind of stop you from comboing off? Is it just graveyard hate? Is it uh, counter spells? Uh, both. I mean, yeah. Uh, this deck is in that weird spot where there's multiple things that can hurt it. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, mm-hmm. graveyard hate, counter spells are the big two. Discard spells as well can be problematic. Uh, you do need a specific card. You do need your neoform. Uh, founding of the third path does give you some redundancy. If you if you draw the first neoform, you kind of have seven more in your deck. You have four founding and three neoform left. Um, so you're a little better against discard spells that way. Counter spells are especially brutal because uh, the sacrifice on neoform is an additional cost. So if they counter your neoform, you lose mm-hmm. both your neoform and your delve creature, and you have no cards in your graveyard because you delved them all away. You're starting from scratch. Uh, graveyard, yeah, graveyard yeah. hate. It just stops you cold. You kind of have nowhere to start from, basically. Okay. Uh, okay, that all makes sense. Uh, if I can ask, just um, yeah, you know, just I'm start going, still going through yep. the cards here that are in the deck I mean, list, just kind of to get an idea. Unless you want to jump in here, Ryan. I had a question. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean, I know, sure. like with like the creativity decks, they have that card that lets them put. Um, you know, their big hits at the bottom of their library, uh, Fire Prophecy, I believe. If you draw a Traxa here, like, is there any way to get a Traxa back into your deck? Like, are you just stuck with it? There, like, do you just have to... This, I'm glad you brought this up, actually. This is this is really cool with the deck. Uh, you can hardcast a Traxa, and it happens often. Mm-hmm. You play you play four Mana Confluence, and then you are you are the base other three colors. So your Mana Confluences make white, and you are Sultai, so that is all the colors of a Traxa. Um... It's, you most often will cast the second Atraxa. You'll Neoform one, and then you'll pick up a bunch of lands and card draw, and you'll find seven mana. Um, mm-hmm. But apart from the beatdown plan, secondary game plan that I mentioned earlier, you also play Gigantha, which can just cast mm-hmm. Atraxa. Your, your Gigantha mm-hmm. produces four colored pips, or color, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call the Gigantha mana, for Atraxa. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty common to just like turn five a Gigantha after playing, you know, some counter spells, some or not counter spells, uh, some interactive spells early, some card draw to find five lands. You play Gigantha on five, you cast a Trax on six. Happens quite frequently. 
I would also that's pretty cool. I would also say that this deck list. I know that there's more cards that put stuff into the graveyard. Like you know, we're playing consider. You know, you get to draw a card. That's nice. You get to put uh, top card into your graveyard. But I'm pretty sure there's a one mana blue spell that lets you look at three, like surveil three or something. Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I'm not playing it myself. Yeah. Otherworldly gaze is one blue yeah. surveil three, mm-hmm. and it has flashback for one and a blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I choose not to play this card because it it's not good with your secondary game plans and it gets a lot mm-hmm. worse post board as well um it another i was gonna say another card what about grapple with the past that's like put three into the graveyard sorry look at three put one into your hand a creature or a uh um, yeah, so th- that's what I was going to go for, yeah. too, is that there are a lot of variations. You it know, I think strategic speed. planning was the one I was going to ask about yeah. because that slot, um, you know, I think that strategic planning has finally made its way out of the format in most other places. Like, it's not seeing play in uh, Lotus as much anymore. But I'm wondering, you know, if that's I'm surprised it's still here. I guess it is the thing to just dump the most cards in your graveyard. But yeah, I think that we should touch a little bit more on a uh, grap- No, not grapple with the past. What was when we were just talking about the one mana? See the gaze. Other or whatever it's gaze, called. yeah otherworldly gaze uh yeah so th- that's a big difference so you know like i said when i was talking about the old version of neoform that was much more all in and i think that, that was a good card for it because it is card disadvantage you know you're never making up the card that you spend on it but you're getting to put a lot of cards into the graveyard for that so this is definitely less all in by not playing that right yeah it's it yeah it's a function of how the deck compares to that velamakas deck for sure uh yeah it's less all in you kind of want that card off consider more than you want the extra two cards from Gaze, the potential for that. Um, okay. I, I'm i not against playing a couple copies of Gaze. I think if you ever bin it off of Consider Planning or the Founding of the Third Path Mill, uh, or I mentioned Grizzly Salvage as well, some people play that. Uh, mm. It's really nice mm. to be able to do something from your graveyard additional um, and get value off your other kind of mill spells. Okay. So I think... Yeah, so that's what's nice is kind of looking at what's, what's like the core cards and what are cards that you can play around with and, uh, you know, try out different yeah. things. So, yeah, Gaze is definitely, like, high on my list of cards I would consider playing. Uh, I just don't... It's not how I like to approach the deck, I guess. It's more of a stylistic choice in my mind than okay. a this is right and this is wrong. Do we hmm. want to talk about the uh, sideboard a little bit? Like your choices in there, like why you're playing them? Yeah, definitely want to get to there. I was just going to ask one more thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the only removal you have in the main deck is Fatal Push. Or do you ever feel like you wish you had some kind of removal that could, like, you know, hit an opposing Atraxa or something similar to that? Um, yes, I have run into that problem before. Uh, it is something I've, con- like, thought about and grappled with, I guess. Uh, it's it's kind of weird because you don't really want to play a clunky two-mana answer that only answers something. Mm-hmm. It's a little slow and awkward with your primary game plan of you kind of dump your hand, put an attracts in play, and refill. Mm. Uh, if there yeah. was one, uh, Terra Sunder, which shows up in the sideboard, I I I could see playing a Terra Sunder in the main. Actually, as strange as that sounds, hmm. I think it. What about Drown in the Lock? <laughs> no? What about it, Ryan? <laughs> I mean, is that not good? Not a good card. You're putting tons of stuff into your graveyard, and so I guess it's a point. Yeah, Drown the Lock's your mind. opponent's graveyard. Drown the Lock is mind, nice and flexible. I have played it in like non-rogues decks. I also, mm-hmm. 
I'm maybe not the person to ask on that. I have a long history with standard rogues. I love mm. that deck. I played it to <laughs> death. So I love Drown in the Lock more than I should. Um, hmm. I've been yeah, I've been struggling with Pioneer Rogues. I don't know how good that deck is, but I want it to be good so bad. Hmm. Drown in the Lock yeah, is you talk to Kevin one about of those that reasons. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Kevin's a big fan. Yeah, definitely. Sorry. Anyways, yeah. continue. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it comes down to if you put an Atraxa in play, you don't necessarily need any of these other interactive spells, um, and they they're just a little clunky and awkward. In, in game one. Okay. I think you'd rather be as linear as possible with your main deck choices. That makes a lot Which, of sense. I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself with that otherworldly gaze where I mentioned <laughs> versus <laughs> consider. Um, hmm. But yeah, I, I think like both gaze and consider fuel your game one plan. A card like Go for the Throat, mm. Tear Us Under, these other like interactive answers that are a little slower but hit more things, uh, they don't mm-hmm. contribute to that game plan of putting a tracks in play early. Mm. Okay. So is it okay to jump into the sideboard now, Kevin? Did you have anything yeah, go ahead. Why don't you run through the sideboard that of the list that we're looking at, and then we can ask about yeah. you know, if there's anything specific, You know what some of those are for matchup-wise, and then we'll move into matchups afterwards. Sure. Yeah, do you want so do you want do, me to run through it or yeah yeah okay. Oh, I was asking oh. Ryan too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure, I'll, I'll go. Uh, so there's two missile disputes, uh, one reckoner bankbuster. There's three raven fuelments, two duress, one wilt, two terrace unders. There's three glissa sunslayer, and then the fifteenth card is the aforementioned gigantha, the wellspring. Yeah, I'm interested in the Gigantha Sunslayer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The Glissa Sunslayer. Can you can you explain that a little bit, like when that comes in and how you use it? Uh, yeah. Do you mean Glissa the Wellspring there? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Or Glissa, <laughs> um, Glissa, Glissa, sorry, Sunslayer. Glissa Sunslayer. I, I, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Yeah, yeah Glissa Sunslayer. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, this is a relatively new card out of Phyrexia. Um, it's one a black and a green for a three three with first strike and death touch. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you get to choose one of the modes. Um, you can draw a card and lose a life, you can destroy an enchantment, or you can remove up to three counters from target permanent. Uh, so the main... There's kind of two facets to this card. The first is that it locks down the ground. First Strike and Death Touch is yeah. a really powerful combination yeah. of abilities. Basically nothing can attack through it. It'll eat anything. Uh, it doesn't really matter how big it is. It, it, it's really good defensively. The other kind of thing it does for the deck is it destroys Leyline of the Void and Rest in Peace. Um, mm. ah, so okay. This card is very good against a lot of the graveyard hate people are playing. Uh, you can mm-hmm. just jam this on turn three, and it's hard to block as well, because <laughs> they just lose their creature. So you often get through. If they have these hate pieces, you can destroy them. If they don't, it digs mm-hmm. you towards whatever you need, whether it be Neoform, Delph Creature, more interaction, uh, you can draw cards mm-hmm. with it. So it's really flexible and versatile in that way. Uh, it's It's been really, really impressive for me, but kind of an oddball choice for, for sure. Yeah, definitely interesting. So is some of the consideration there that, you know, if this was in your deck pre-board, 
you'd expect it to just get Fatal Pushed, because right now you don't have anything in the main deck that can be hit by a Fatal Push. Is some of the expectation here that, oh, post-board they're going to remove all of those removal spells, and this is much more likely to get through, because you can't just kill it with a creature. Usually. Yeah, it's it's really, it's part of the uh, transformational sideboard kind of idea. Um, I've kind of, mm-hmm. I used to play a lot more Reckoner Bankbusters, and kind of pair those with the Glissa okay. and play a mid-range plan with them. Uh, the bank, the bankbusters mm. have mostly faded away. There's still one, but the glisses have remained. They're really, you don't really need much other transformational pieces when glissa does it all. <laughs> okay, I like that a lot. Yeah, but yeah, people. So let, let's talk about where some of those other cards yeah, are sure, for yeah, yeah. matchup wise. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in uh, regular bankbuster. When is that coming? Uh, regular bankbuster, uh, red, black, blue, white, uh, kind of the really grindy matchups where. They're going to play a bunch of discard spells or counter spells against you. Uh, it's especially it's mm-hmm. especially potent against blue white. If you can slip it in on turn two on the play, uh, it not mm-hmm. only provides three cards over the course of the game, but it provides a mana advantage with the token, and it allows you to kind of pace the game in a way where you pressure them with this four four, um, and kind of dictate the pace of play more than you would be able to otherwise Mm -hmm. okay and how is the deck at answering some of the you know problem decks of the format so things like grease fang uh something that's going to put aggressive on you like mono white is that what all these rave enfeeblements yeah so the rays are really for yeah mono white and grease fang like you mentioned um i've seen a lot of lists playing four rays actually i'm down to three Hmm. Uh, a little less respect for those decks i guess i think I think they're just kind of... They're especially necessary for Grease Fang, where your Fatal Pushes don't hit it, and you kind of need an answer at some point. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So it's kind of like a necessary evil in some ways there. And then, yeah, it's almost splash hate against Mono White. It's just very, very good there as well. Uh, Being Mm -hmm. able to pick off a Thalia, uh, an Adeline anything in their deck really um i wanted to ask about wilt as well like why that instead of like another tear sunder um the wilt is yeah i guess it's more of a feel thing the the split between tear sunder and wilt than anything um you don't want too too many cards that don't do anything if your opponent Mm -hmm. doesn't play a rest in peace or, or a ley line or an unlicensed curse, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's very possible that, and I'm I'm trying to avoid this scenario where you draw two terrasunders, or you draw yeah you draw two terrasunders against like blue white, and they just don't play a rest in peace, and you're left with two cards that don't do anything for the longest time, mm. right? You're unable to kind of forward your own game plan while these cards sit in your hand. Uh, Wilt, mm-hmm. you can just cycle away. Uh, it fuels delve when you do that. It digs you towards your Neo form. So Terra Sunder is a purely reactive card, whereas Wilt can kind of, in it's in a bad way, in a, like not a very efficient mm-hmm. way, but it can advance your game plan. Okay. Yeah. So just kind of just splitting the difference. What other cards have you considered for this sideboard that are you know 
would you wish you would if you had you know five more slots that you really need wh- what do you think that or you know if you're meta if you know it's a certain deck are there any other big cards you'd be looking for in this sideboard yeah so i mentioned play you can play more reckoner bankbusters if you want um you can play a third dispute you can play uh you can play another duress if you wanted uh as for like other cards uh aethergust is a big one that i'm not playing if you think mono green okay. and like creativity are going to be big uh, Aethergust is really strong there. Um, especially, yeah, mono, mono green especially. Aethergust is really really powerful. If they can if they can set up like a couple ways to block your Atraxa, it can sometimes be difficult to like kind of get through. I guess to close yeah. the game out there. Yeah, they can. Mm. I've I've seen mono green actually just like trade off all three of your Atraxas, and that's kind of scary. <laughs> Um, so Aethergust just being able to remove some of their reach blockers and get through is nice. Um, there are, there are a bunch of other seven drops people play that I have, I have neglected. Yeah. So. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So you have the option to sideboard into some other seven drops. What are those and what situations would they be good? Uh, so the first one is Hornet Queen. Um, oh yeah, I've heard. Yeah, heard of that. Hornet Queen. Hornet Queen's really nice against the aggressive decks. It's really nice against spirits, especially spirits can. Hmm. If they have hmm. a Shacklegeist, hmm. they can just tap your attracts and attack you, and it's real awkward. Uh, Hornet Queen makes a bunch of blockers in the air, so they can't just tap them all down. Um, the next one that I've considered more strongly actually is Coma. Okay. Um, Coma Coma's pretty nice. Uh, it stops Grease Fang kind of in their tracks. It makes it really hard for them to do anything. Um, just just with the, the, the with the tap ability, um, mm-hmm. sacrificing yeah. serpent, you can tap down the vehicle. Um, it's like it's pretty good against control. It like produces multiple threats that they have to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I feel like there's a third I'm missing because I haven't thought about it in so long. Yeah. Uh, let me take a look and see if I yeah, can find any others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Hornet Queen you is know, a big one that I heard about. Yeah, Horn- Hornet Queen. I, I don't hate. Um, the reason I'm not playing them is Gigantha. Uh, mm-hmm. these, yeah. these cards all have multiple of the same mana pips. So you can't play, you can't reveal Gigantha. Yeah, I would think oh, that okay. there's a couple cards that are probably like that. They have like the double pips or triple pips. Yeah. Uh, that might be good seven drops. Yeah. There's definitely many, many seven drops out there that are very, very powerful, but have multiple pips. So yeah, I, I didn't even consider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I see a Hullbreaker Horror in one yeah, here. Yeah. If I'm just looking through yes, lists, that's that a good one. KSF I don't list. think I've seen a Hullbreaker Horror before, but. Sounds like an <laughs> sounds like a James of Ashiak card. <laughs> There's a Scarab God in this one, but I don't know what that's that. Mm. So Scarab God is actually I think that's for the mid range matchups. Really, you, you just want to hard cast that one. Okay. Um, and it's oh, you know that CFT sock. So I, yeah, I trust his his crazy brain. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe that. Um, he yeah, I like Scarab God a lot. Actually, I've I've done a lot of brewing with like I call them bad blue black decks. Um, <laughs> That are really based around okay. <laughs> Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, Often Consider. And then most mm-hmm. of the time, like, Ledger Shredder 
and Dig Through Time. Uh, I played... I'm, I'm a sucker for the card Lear, Disciple of the Drowned. Mm. So I've played a lot of that card in these bad blue-black lists. Uh, and Scarab God has, was actually one of the most impressive cards for me whenever I played those decks. Uh, it's really hard for Red Black to beat. So if you're looking if you're looking yeah, for a hammer against that. Red Black, consider the Scarab God for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is there's one more seven drop I'd like to mention that I haven't tested myself, uh, but Tristani's Summoner intrigues me. This is is that the one that makes like four different kinds of tokens? Yeah, this is a this is a weird one. It's wow. some random uncommon from an RTR set. Um, yeah, it's a seven mana. 1-1. One, one. It's not very impressive stat line, but it makes a 2-2 hmm. with Vigilance, a 3-3 three, three Vanilla, and a 4-4 four, four Rhino with Trample. So it is... Yeah, it's a lot of power and toughness. It's 10 power, 10 toughness for your Neoform in this deck, right? 7 mana normally. Um, and it, it gums up the ground really well. Uh, it's also... it's. That's it's five a green and a white, so it's not. It doesn't shut off Jonathan, which I really like. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, which Hornet Queen does? Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. biggest one. As I was like, hmm. the the difference between with Hornet Queen is Hornet Queen shuts down spirits, whereas Summoner does not. Yeah. Um, okay. So Summoner Summoner isn't a card I would bring in against spirits, whereas Hornet Queen is, and that's that's the main difference for me there. Uh, but Summoner, I think if I were to like, as I continue playing this deck summoner is a card i'm going to slot in and try out i think it's very promising okay definitely have to keep us That's... updated on that yeah yeah so i'm interested to see how this deck's going to evolve you know you kind of talked about it'll depend a little bit on the meta it's facing on when it will be good or not mm-hmm. but are there other things that you think that this deck can continue uh innovating on or that it really needs to try and look at if it's gonna keep a hold on this meta yeah, so this this deck this deck is very powerful, but it's very vulnerable. If people should, should, if people okay. want to beat this deck, I think it's pretty easy to beat. Right? You play four Leyland the Voids, you play a bunch of counter spells and discard spells, and it, mm-hmm. and the matchups get pretty bad pretty quick. But as long as people mm-hmm. aren't doing that, uh, and are respecting other decks in the format, mm-hmm. uh yeah, you can you can do your thing enough of the time, and your thing is very very good. Yeah, I was gonna say that kind of leads us into the next question I was gonna ask, which was you know about our our matchups and stuff like that. So maybe we can kind of go through that. Uh, you know, we can kind of continue with those alternative choices if you want to talk about how to improve that matchup. But um, let let let's do that if if you don't mind. Let's jump into the matchups. What are the good matchups of this deck like, and and wh- why does it beat them? Maybe you can just you know spend like a, a minute you know or thirty seconds on each matchup. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this deck is this deck reminds me of Dredge actually, uh, where you're hmm. or like maybe Affinity in Modern, where your game mm-hmm. one matchup against most things is pretty good. Um, there's exceptions, of course, but you're you're doing this very linear, powerful thing that not a lot of decks are equipped to deal with in game one. Uh, post sideboard it becomes this game of you have these hate pieces i have these answers to your hate pieces can we can we trade these off in a way that is advantageous to me um 
So yeah, I'm, I've pulled up Goldfish. Rakdos is... I'll, I'll just go down the list, I guess. Rakdos is interesting. It, it depends... I mentioned this earlier. It depends on their removal, I think, uh, what they're playing. If they're on a bunch of power word kills and no ways to remove Atraxa, they're basically on, like, four Thoughtseize that can interact with you. And their clock isn't really fast okay. enough to race you. So I think... I think it's good for you um, with the kind of asterisk that Rakdos has a lot of ways to build their deck and a lot of choices to make that they can make to beat you. Um, mm -hmm. So it's good most of the time, but not all the time. And I think it's getting worse as people adapt. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, green... Green is interesting. Uh, it there's multiple like ways those games can play out. Often it hinges on if you can line up a fatal push or a stubborn denial early to slow them down. So mm -hmm. if they play a turn one elf and you play a turn one fatal push, uh, mm -hmm. and then you can you, they've slowed down. You've slowed them down enough where you can get going and you're a little faster. Um. If you can stubborn denial a Kiora or a Wolf Willow Haven, same thing kind of happens. Otherwise, I think they're they're often a little bit faster, and they can they can throw enough resources at under your Atraxa to kind of grind you out. Yeah, I mean, if they get two two of the Cavaliers, they can block your Atraxas, yeah, right? Yeah, and now now they're playing Polukronos as well, very often. Mm. So they have oh, yeah. those extra two to four reach blockers to pair up with a Cavalier. Um, hmm. And even though you trade off with both their creatures, you often you put a lot more resources into getting an attracts in play than they do to put two creatures into play. And then it's it's yeah. often a cavalier, which can put a Karn or a cavalier on top, right? Karn is, Karn is yeah. also a problem. Uh, Tormod's crypt is pretty good if timed well. Um, and that is so. It, that so is it sounds like it's not a great match. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little sketchy. You need things. Yeah. You need things to line up right. I guess. Okay. So not not great against mono green. Yeah. All right. Azorius is. Uh, this is a matchup I don't love seeing. Honestly, they have a ton of counter spells. Uh, Dovin's veto is really good against you. Uh, if they veto, if they land a veto on a neoform, the game often just ends. So you, you mm. need a you need a thoughtsies to take that veto, uh, but they also have a bunch of absorbs. Um, mm -hmm. They also just play a bunch of ways to deal with an Atraxa. Uh, right, Supreme Verdict, uh, Fateful Absence. Uh, the games often go long enough that laydown arms can hit Atraxa. Mm. Oh, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, and that's that's sad. That's real bad <laughs> for you. Feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're often stuck playing around all these different things. And then mm -hmm. they just turn on all their cards late. And it, it works out for them very often. Okay. Uh, Grease Fang, I think, is quite good. Um, Grease Fang, they're, if, you, if you put an Atraxa in play before they Grease Fang you, they basically can't win. You just, like, eat a Parhelion Angel token, gain seven, and take, like, two. And then you can just crack back for another mm -hmm. seven with Vigilance. And they can, mm -hmm. they can never race you. Um, they, but you're both, uh, the okay. kind of, the thing going on with this matchup is you're both Thoughtseize combo decks. Um, 
So you can thought seize their combo, they can thought seize your combo. So play draw matters a lot, it's very swingy. Um, but I think you do, on average, have a good edge. Uh, in the post-board games, you get a ton of answers. Uh, Ravenfield, we mentioned, is really good. Terra Sunder is both uh, an answer to their hate and an answer to their combo. Uh, it mm. can get rid of Parhelion or Chariot or whatever they brought back. Very, very good. So I think I think you have the edge there. Uh, next. And how about the aggressive decks like Spirits and Humans? Spirits and mm-hmm. Humans. Um, let's say Spirits is tougher. They uh, If they can land a counter spell in your Neoform, they often have enough pressure to just keep you get you dead the next turn. And you can't block with Tassigur or Hooting Mandrels. Humans, humans yeah, is a little bit easier, despite having Thalia against your mostly spell deck. Uh, because mm-hmm. Tasker and Hooting Mandrels line up so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, yeah, you can kind of just play this fair plan almost until you draw a Neoform and get an Atraxa, in which point they basically can't win. Um, if they ever, funny note about this matchup, if they ever Brutal Cathar your Atraxa, and you have a Fatal Push, you can Fatal Push their Brutal oh, Cathar, wow. <laughs> get back your Atraxa and get another trigger. That ha- that's happened to me a couple times. It's real nice. So those are your good matchups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mono White gets Rest in Peace post-board, which is scary. Um, because, right, Terra Sunder and Wilt are, like, kind of awkward against their main game plan, where they're dead cards on... And they get you dead real fast. Um, but you kind of need them because if they go like, right, one drop, two drop, rest in peace, you're kind of just dying every time. Yeah. Uh, but you also need to answer that aggressive start. So they, they put you in a bind uh, quite often. Uh, I will mention Lotus Field is another pretty good matchup. Your stubborn denials are insane. Um, okay. And you, you, you have a bunch of post-board hate. You have mystical disputes, you have duresses. Um, just a lot of ways to interact with them when they don't have as many to interact with you. Mm-hmm. Um, how about, how about, is it creativity? Creativity. Yeah, creativity. I haven't played a ton against creativity, strangely. Um, it's been a moment... I would I would think that you have, you know, not only ways to get rid of their combo pieces, but also the counter spells. I would think that would match up pretty well. Yes, um, like you, you're pretty good at keeping them off their combo. Um, the bigger problem is they're very they're pretty good at keeping you off yours as well. Pretty often, mm. I've seen a lot of negates running around lately, uh, and you're kind of taxed okay. with this, yeah. right? You want to you need to thought seize their creativity. But you also need to thought seize their, you know, their negate, their make disappear type mm-hmm. cards, uh, and so that can get awkward. They can also just play this flash game with Shark Typhoon really well, depending, mm. you know, how many of those they're playing. So, last thing I want to kind of go with is, uh, you know, if someone's considering picking this deck up, if they're looking for any big tournaments in the future and think this might be a good option, what are kind of the biggest pitfalls to watch out for when piloting this deck, you know, for, especially for a new player? Uh, nope, nobody's going to want to hear this, I guess, but Tilt. 
Uh, <laughs> this okay. this deck can be incredibly tilting. Um, mm. I played I played a tournament where I played five games of Magic total, games not matches. Uh, I saw like 25, 30 cards in my deck every game. One of those games, I drew a Neoform. I saw one Neoform mm. in five games. Uh, I drew it on turn 10. I won that game very easily. Every other game, I lost horrendously after seeing 25, 30 cards and not seeing a Neoform. Uh, huh. Just, mm. right, you, you are very reliant on finding this one card. And when it doesn't happen, it feels awful. Uh because you you are so often so good at finding it, um, so when it doesn't happen, it feels real bad. And is there anything the deck can do to try and you know make it so it's got more you know effectively more copies of that card, or is it not really? An it's option? it's tough. You can play more like dig spells, um, mm-hmm. right? More cantrips, but at some point, it you can't be cutting too many copies of your delve creatures you can't be cutting too many copies of your interactive spells um because a if you cut interactive spells you die early right you need time to Mm. play your cantrips to find the neoform and thoughts use fatal push summon and i'll allow you to do that um as does playing a 4-4 or a 4-5 quite often yeah um yeah if you so yeah go ahead I was going to say, it sounds to me like this is a really good deck to play against combo metagames. Like you said, it mm-hmm. matches up pretty well against um, your uh, Grease Fang decks, maybe against other combo decks and stuff like that. Maybe like Is It Creativity. Not oh, that yeah, good against... Something. You're coming in and out here, Ryan, so we're having a little trouble hearing you. Yeah. Why don't you finish your point and then just repeat it? Oh, you can't hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you repeat your point there, Ryan? We, we couldn't yeah, hear you. Yeah. yeah, now we can hear you. Yeah, you can hear me now. Um, yeah, I was I was just saying it, it sounds like it's really good against the combo metagames, but it might struggle against more of the traditional metagames with like ramp and uh, control and Rakdos. So be careful like how to use it. It's definitely one of those decks that can spike weeks if you're watching your metagame closely. I mean, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You, you summed it up really well. It's really good against the other combo decks, um, and. I think there's quite a few of those in Pioneer right now running around. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, if the meta shifts, uh, yeah, it could it can be can be not a great choice to play this deck. Um, but yeah, okay. definitely very good against the other combo decks. You're a combo deck yourself that is it can be quite fast, but also plays a bunch of interactive elements and can find those interactive elements consistently. Okay, uh, so that's mostly what we wanted to talk about. You know, I think this is a good introduction to the deck for ourselves, for our listeners. Uh, anything last second that you want to say about the deck or about, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some chance for you to shout out people that you want to shout out, things like that at the end. But uh, uh, anything that we haven't covered about this deck? Yeah, I will I'll actually kind of pose this one as a interesting thing for the viewer to explore uh, that I haven't quite had the courage to pull the trigger on playing yet. Uh, it's Invasion okay. of Amonkhet. So hmm. this is... Do you guys even know what this card does? It's it's a new battle. Yeah, it's, kinda, it's a card I've been really excited for. Yeah. <laughs> trying to do things like rogues with that yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen a little bit of playing rogues. Um, so this is... It is a new card, so I'll, I'll explain it and read it real quick. Yeah, um, go ahead and read it it's real a, quick. It's a one of blue, old, and black. It's a battle uh, with four... I don't even know what it's called. Loyalty, health, battle points... 
defense. Defense. I want to say it. Sure. Yeah. Four. Four of whatever counters it gets. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So it is three mana. When it enters the battlefield, each player mills three cards. Each opponent discards a card, and you draw a card. Uh, So it is Mm -hmm. a little. It is a little slow for the deck. It is three mana, but it does a lot of what you want. It's a little bit of disruption. It makes them discard. It draws you towards Neoform, and it mills you to set up your mandrels. The real nice part is that it has exactly four defense counters. So it's dead in one hit to a Tasker or Mandrels. Then the backside... Okay. The backside's really interesting. Uh, it's a creature. You may have Lazotep Convert, is the name of it. Uh, enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature card in a graveyard, except it's a 4-4. Four, four. Um, so if you have an Atrax in your graveyard and you kill this battle, you have a 4-4 four, four Atraxa. So it is... It's almost like a backdoor Neoform. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, so I think that's interesting. I, I think I've tried... you. Know, I tried messing around seeing if I could get to Atraxa with that card, and I ran into the issue of not having any good way to attack it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that this deck might have a better way of doing that than some of the absolute jank that I was messing around with. So yeah. uh, I'll have to take a look at that. that that's something interesting. I couldn't say off the top of my head whether or not it'd be good yeah i i'm i'm skeptical but i i love this card i really like Mm -hmm. its design um i think i think it's i think it plays out way better in theory and like aesthetically in the deck than it does in practice okay um right a lot of things line up really nice and it looks really good but i think i think if you're playing this and you already have a tasker or a mandrels um, there's either better things you can be doing with your mana or very often your Tassier or Mandrels are on defense or your opponent's on defense mm. alright they have blockers and it doesn't get through it doesn't flip it's not consistent okay that is, that is my worry um, but as, as I move forward this is a card I want to try I think it's very interesting uh, along with the Tristani Summer that yeah we mentioned earlier Okay, looking forward to seeing how those work out. So I think Ryan dropped off his, was having some computer issues. So I'm just going to bring us to the end of our show, wrap us up here. Uh, So what I usually like to do is just uh, shout out that we are the First Pioneers Podcast. You can go ahead and follow us at on twitter at mtg pioneer that's a great place to stay up to date with all of the pioneer stuff that we're always tweeting and retweeting you can also find a link to our discord there where we can get more in depth talk about your decks talk to other people who are playing the format all that fun stuff um do you have any shout outs you want to make as far as your socials as far as um you know big events you've got coming up anything like that uh yeah sure i'm on i'm on twitter mostly um at andrew without the e uh, 1232 uh, I'll shout out my friend Ashiok, who's on this podcast quite often. He's a great guy. Uh, Dreams of Ashiok on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, actually, what tournament I'm playing next. I have to figure that out. Uh, I often go on a week-by-week basis and kind of see what's coming up. Uh, yeah, that's one way yeah. to do it. <laughs> I, I often play whatever first RCQ in paper, if there's that. Uh, showcases on Moto, if not challenges, so... We'll see where where I end up this week and in the weeks to come. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of our show then. Thank you for joining us. We are the First Pioneers Podcast. We look forward to being everyone's go-to source for Pioneer information online. And since this is the Atraxa deck, we are Neoforming out.